my complete like disdain for jean jackets. Right. But right now, this minute, Zach is rocking a denim jacket. That's right, I am. And my world just Humble. just has collapsed. I not, uh, left is right, right is left, up is down, down is up. I can't. Uh, wow, it looks good. Thank you. <laughs> I. I realized that I like, I really like jackets in general because mm-hmm. I don't like wearing long sleeves, but I like having things on my arms. I don't know. Long sleeve shirts just make, they don't look good on me. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. Um, but I got tired of wearing hoodies all the time and I want something I can wear over top of a hoodie if it's cold outside. Oh. And so I wanted a jacket that didn't have, uh, didn't have a hood on it. And I was like, well, what kind of jackets could I buy? I could buy, what are those called? Uh, they're kind of like letterman jackets, but they don't have the letters. That look not oh like with a with a band around the bottom and a band at the yeah. cuffs like aviators. Kinda, no, those are the sunglasses. Yeah, those are sunglasses. I don't bomber bombers. Bomber bomber jacket. <laughs> I was like, I could buy a bomber, but I don't really want a bomber. I don't think I'd look good in a bomber. Mm-hmm. And then one day we were like, me and Josh were at a store because we go shopping together, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I was like, that's a jean jacket. I should buy a jean jacket. And Josh was like, okay. And he looks he looks at me like, wouldn't that be crazy? And I'm like. Buy it if you want to. And, I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I bought a jean jacket. And, I would have uh, told you it was a mistake, but I would have been wrong. Clearly. Well, it's not. It's not like like we t- like I said the other day. It's not farmer blue. It's not farmer down. No, it's, no a, it's like a nice gray. Yeah, it's a gray jean jacket. It's it's, a, it's yeah. He doesn't, and he's not doing. Du- if he did double denim, it would be fine because it's not blue blue. Mm-hmm. Right. He won't look like the 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 jean boy, the boy of jeans. Which I often wear double <laughs> denim with this, but it doesn't look. But it's good. different, yeah, because right, because yeah, your jeans today are black. True. And your jacket's like gray, so it's fine. I'm, I'm very punk rock. <laughs> very punk rock. Hmm. Nice. Well, welcome to Don't Drink the Tea, a Dag at the Christie podcast where we analyze our books one by one. And Zach's fashions. Who are you? I'm Zach. I'm Josh. I'm Charlotte. I forgot to do that. Before. Who are you? <laughs> it's nice to meet you, Josh. Hi, nice to meet me. Yep. Nice to meet me. We're so good at this now. Like, we, I think that's the problem now that we're experienced. It's the experienced pilots that usually crash. Now that we're <laughs> so ex- true. experienced at podcasts, it like it's like suddenly it wasn't fun to listen to anymore. Yeah. We're sorry we failed you. This is our last podcast. It's going to go about seven minutes and... <laughs> then we'll be done. So that means we've been trying too hard. So we need to... Oh, you think that's it? <laughs> Definitely not. Because I can tell you, I could not try any less. <laughs> I don't... I don't feel... I don't know where where it began. Where it all went wrong. Where it, When it started to go down? Yeah. When did we jump the shark? Probably with Mysterious Affair at Styles. When we handle that episode one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I feel I'm like, behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is uh, the cancellation of Don't Drink the Tea. Um, and we decided to end it on a really a special book. We Since this book is uh, supposed to be, well, according to some very prominent figures, this is supposed to be the worst Christie ever written. This should be the worst episode of Don't Drink the Tea. <laughs> That or the best, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So let's it see. It would what only we can be do. appropriate. But is it the worst Christie book? Is this the best episode of Don't Drink the Tea? No way. These so don't they? think it will be. You <laughs> <laughs> will be let down. These are the questions that must be answered. It shall not be in this episode because we don't care. Definitely not. So, uh, Mystery of the Blue Train is a Poirot book. Um, mm-hmm. Hastings is not in it. It is. It is not told in first person. 
It is the first Poirot book not to be told in first person. And Poirot is not introduced until, what, chapter four or five? well into the plot, yeah. Yeah, in my book, it's page 111, but I also have the really big print one again for some reason. It it was, uh, after the ones that we read, I thought it was refreshing, that uh, intro. Yeah. Okay. It definitely, it, it was different. Yes, You definitely. could tell something had happened, something had changed. So, the history of this book. Uh, we talked about this last time with the big four. Um, so, Christy's husband was filing for divorce. She disappeared. Her mom had died. She wrote the big four or compiled all the short stories of the big four into a novel. Um, all of that turmoil still fresh in her life, and she starts work on the mystery of the blue train. I'm depressed now. Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, it's a big factor when an artist isn't, you know, they're not committed to their work because they're not happy or they're, you know, and you can tell that it suffers. Um, So we're not sure about that with this book. But Agatha Christie went on to say, and it wasn't like a maybe, it was a definite. Agatha Christie herself believed that this was the worst book she ever wrote. Wow, that is so hard to believe. The Mystery of the Blue Train. <clears throat> so, goodness. was she being hard on herself? What is it accurate? That is what we intend to dig up. Delve into. Yes. <laughs> it's going to get crazy. Woo! Nice. <laughs> so, are you doing are you going to tell us what the book is about? Yeah, uh, a prem- the premise. Uh, yeah. Let's see if I can like get Premise. So, the premise is uh it all centers around this kind of this diamond that's given to ruby. a ruby. Sorry. Yeah. sorry, you're right. The heart of fire that is given to a uh, the daughter of a millionaire, and uh, her life is kind of wackadoo. She's got problems with her husband. Uh, oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, <laughs> she has an unhappy mm. life with mm-hmm. her husband. Oh, and uh, there is. Um, uh, a lot of different angles to this. There's her husband is cheating on her. Uh, there's a man from her past that's back in her life. Um, if there's even a parallel story that has nothing to do with it, <clears throat> but I don't want to get into that yet. Okay. And she uh, she boards the blue train uh, with the heart of fire, the ruby, and <laughs> she is murdered. And Poirot is also on the train. Uh-huh. And the book is the mystery of that murder and the stealing <laughs> wow. of that ruby. <laughs> I feel like this was almost uh, like a rough draft for Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. And there was something, and I can't find it. I know that I wrote it down, but I or I highlighted it. There was something that she said in this that I'm almost positive she said the exact same thing in Murder on the Orient Express. But that was so much later. Yeah, that was... I think she had check. a yeah much much later, but I think this was her testing the waters of how it would work on a train as a setting. Yeah, that's uh, eleven books from now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So not so far for her because she wrote so quickly. Right. Yeah. But, um, like you said, testing. I I feel like, especially with how she felt about getting it wrong, and she used trains a lot, so I feel like. Maybe she wanted to give another swing at the, the train book, and like that time, she's gonna make sure she did it right. Maybe that was her motivation. Yeah. So like we couldn't have Murder on the Orient Express without Blue Train. Yeah, yeah. Maybe exactly. Yeah. 
I'm really sad that she felt that way. I mean, you've given everything that was going on. Yeah, that's understandable that you would have all of these really bad yeah. emotions t- attached to that. Right. That you're never going to like it simply because it reminds you of so many terrible exactly. things. But compared to Big Four, anything compared to Big Four. Yeah. But, but I thought this was really solid. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot of the times you'll have an artist will we'll talk about their own work and they'll talk about what their least favorite is and you'll be like, huh? That's the one that you don't like? You don't like that one? And usually, for the artist, it's an emotional thing. It has nothing to do with the quality mm-hmm. of that thing they created. It has to do with how they felt when they created it. Right, and conversely, sometimes what is your own personal favorite of what you've created, with music or with writing or with anything, that might not be the one thing that everybody likes that you've mm-hmm. done. You're like, yeah, but I love this, and everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, well, but I really like this other thing. It's like, I didn't even work hard on that. Right, right. <laughs> So you never know. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's chance how it affects people. Yeah, yeah. But there was a lot of things I liked about this. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Uh, and I didn't expect to. I guess we'll get into that more because that's the problem. Even before I read it, I heard that this is Agatha Christie's least favorite. I think that that's its gimmick almost. You have like, and then there were none. It or Murder by Dracula is her first great novel, and then there were none is her best novel. This is her least favorite. And so when you go in knowing that, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like, you go in with some reservations anyway. Yeah. It's not necessarily ruined for you, but you have, you, you, I don't think you would ever guess that. No, I don't think not so. Not having heard that first. So that's the simple premise. Um, but Zach is always here to educate the masses. The and tell us exactly the plot of this book now we spoiled the big four and i didn't tell anybody we were going to but no one should really care we are not (laughs) that one definitely doesn't matter (laughs) i think the mystery of the blue train is a solid ending and we're not going to spoil it yes i did not discuss that with charlotte but i felt that that was kind of in the spirit i think we can yeah i think we could get by because i would tell someone to read this for sure yeah so i think we could get by without and the ending is not uh so important and to ensure sorry and to ensure that I don't slip up, Josh didn't tell me the ending. I didn't even ah. tell him yet. I'll tell him sometime if he's curious, but... I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so... <clears throat> I have to go... I, this is a really big book, so I'm gonna go... He's gotta go fast. Quickly. Start off. Uh, where I assume is a shop in Chinatown, uh, kind of like the one where they have Mogway and Gremlins, yeah. and there uh, is the Heart of Fire. That's the... Ruby, I almost called a sapphire. They're blue. There's a ruby that everybody always wants, right? And so they're like, this this big this big rich guy from Texas is coming. I assume he's from Texas. I don't know that for a fact. Uh, he has a 10-gallon hat, clearly. Um, and so he's coming up. He's going to buy it from him because, you know, he's a fair man. He's a businessman. He does things good sometimes. And so he goes up to the, to the and shop. And his name is, and his, his, just for reference later. His name is... Uh, Van Alden. Yeah. Van Alden. I almost, I almost said Van Morrison, but yeah. that's not right. <laughs> Brown eyed girl. <laughs> um, much more interesting story if it was Van Morrison. Yeah. True. Um, I mean, look at how Megadeth and Anthrax spiced up uh, it's the true. big four. Merging it's true. music with mystery. That's what I do. Yep. You're welcome. Okay, so uh, I'm probably just going to call him Big Daddy the whole time. That'll work. Uh, because, spoiler, he's a dad. Um... <laughs> I don't know if that's a spoiler. <laughs> anyway, so he goes up and he buys the diamond from them, and he's headed out, but in the shop, they're like, oh, there's these two guys, who I assume are masters of kung fu, because they're in Chinatown. Um, you also I assume also, they were in Chinatown. Clearly. So. Well, in case you missed it, they're in the shop where Mogwai is from Gremlins. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> she stepped away for that part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're there, and he's about to head out with the with the hard fire, and then, uh, so the guy, people in the shop are like, oh, he's never making it out. There's there's, there's, there's two kung fu masters out there. They're gonna take the diamond, the, the, uh, the ruby. And so he's headed out. He's going, he's walking out, and then they're like, come on, let's get him. They don't talk like that. They're headed out, and they're about to, they're about to jump him. And, uh, the book says, the book says something about a big, that, uh, Big Daddy fires a warning shot or something like that. That's not how it happens. He's just being modest. <laughs> clearly, clearly he, he puts a, a good old Texas whooping on them. A good old, a good old kung fu fight busts out. There's kicking, there's flipping. Oh, oh, oh. Right. There's a, there's a lady on the, on the street with a violin. She's like, like, everybody was kung fu fighting. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it was awesome. Everyone clapped. They're tied up on uh, at a light post. Were the they street. involved? Okay. I don't know if they even clapped. Like, They're like, that was an epic fight. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he goes home. He goes home to his daughter, uh, whose name is Ruth. Very good. Boom. Her name is Ruth. Good job. And So we got an airplane flying overhead. She's great, I guess. And we're only on, what, page five right now? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't read it. Um, Clearly. And so uh, he goes home, and he's like... and. He's from Texas, so obviously he's got a big country accent. He's like, Ruth, I tell you, I got you this darn diamond. Which apparently he says darn and darn a lot. He does say darn a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I will be interjecting that throughout this. Thanks um, for the warning. You're welcome. <laughs> Parents guide. <laughs> I'll be saying darn. Um, <laughs> he's like, I got you this darn diamond. And she's like, oh, daddy, thank you. Which she talks like that clearly because she's also from Texas. <laughs> the only two... Texan people in this story, I assume. Um, <laughs> and she's like, oh, thank you, daddy. And then she looks over gloomily because she's sad. Glumly? And, yeah. Glo- <laughs> glumly? Yeah. Glumly. That seems like less of a word. It sounds, does it sound like it? Um, <laughs> less of a glumily. word. Glumily. <laughs> and so the dad's like. Gloomily, that's it. Gloomily. Gloomily? Is that, doesn't that all sound really weird? It now? sounds weird. It's fine. Sad. She's sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the dad's like, what's wrong, my daughter? And she's like, oh, nothing. He's like, you got to tell me. Yeah, but it's that darn dang husband of yours. And she's like, well, a little bit. And so he's like, oh, man, I tell you, what's wrong? And she's like, he's been going around with this French dancer chick. Uh, and that's really upsetting to me. And he's like, oh, I knew it. You need to get a divorce from him. And she's like, no. And she, he's like, yeah. She's like, maybe. And then he's like, I'll make sure. She's like, okay. Um, and so he's like, I'll make sure everything's going to go right. It's going to go fine. So, uh, yeah. And so, uh, meanwhile, another part in town. <laughs> or England, probably. Is it England? Are they American? Uh, who? The, the other character? Uh, Catherine. Yeah, she's English, right? Catherine Gray? Over in England. Uh, there's Catherine. Catherine. Her eyes are gray. Her name's not gray. What's Catherine Yeah, Catherine Gray. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Themed. Yeah. She's got really nice eyes, even though she's apparently not that attractive. <laughs> yeah. She's old. She's like yeah, 30 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Like, you they talk about her being, some. like, over the hill. She's just 30. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Catherine was a nurse for an old dying lady who died. And, uh, <laughs> she was like, uh, Catherine, here's all my money. <laughs> And so Catherine took her money, but she's a really nice girl. She's going to give it to some of the family. And now with her newfound money, she's like, I don't need to work anymore. I'm going to go travel. And so she goes and travels. She boards the blue train. Dun, dun. 
Um, <laughs> law and order? order? <laughs> if there was one more, duh, it would be dun dun dun. But that was no, law and order. Well, sometimes it's gonna be dun dun dun, or there's gonna be dun dun, or dun. Depending on when I say blue train, blue train. Dun. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So she goes and she's like, "I'm gonna get on a blue train." So we head back over to Daddy, uh, Daddy Texas, and uh, he's he's all like, he walks. He so he goes and gets the scoop from. I don't remember their name. I said Greedo. <laughs> it starts with a G. Anyway, they're like, yes, he's definitely been cheating on uh, your daughter with that French girl. That is exactly how I pictured him talking. <laughs> Clearly. His name is Greedo, I think. <laughs> Mr. Gobi. But you're fine. Gobi Greedo. First, last name. You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Gobi Greedo. Yeah. Gobi. It rolls off the tongue. Um, and so the, the dad's like, I knew it. And so he goes over to uh, her husband, who I definitely remember the name of. Trust me on that. And he's like, listen, you need to, you need to divorce my daughter, and you're going to do it without any fuss. Darn it. And he's like, um, no. And he's like, uh, this is not over. He's like, uh, okay. And so uh, they go, so daddy goes home, and... Uh, uh, to his daughter, who's packing for a vacation because she's rich and can do that anytime she wants. Because <laughs> poor people can't. <laughs> that is want. so true. Uh, they can't just be like, "Well, I'm upset. I'm going to go on vacation." Yeah, that's true. That's true. When you're poor and sad, you're just poor and sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like oh, me. He, he knows though. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the dad's like, "So, you, oh, so you're going on vacation?" She's like, "Yeah." And he's like, uh, where are you going? <laughs> this probably didn't happen. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to France. Right? Nobody cares about France. Nobody, Nobody cares, cares. Is it France? France? Yes. Right? Okay. yes. And, the Riviera. Right, the Riviera. And he's like, oh, I completely skipped the part. Talking to the, talking to the husband. Flashback. Flashback. <laughs> Flashback Friday. He remembers. Uh, back in that conversation she, uh, he had with her husband, he, he was all like, you better divorce my daughter. My daughter's going to divorce you, and you better not do any fuss. He's like, no. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, because I got all this darn dirty dirt on you. <laughs> and uh, he was like, maybe your daughter has more on her secrets than you know. <laughs> and he was like, what? But after a while, he understood, which was just now, he understood the sentence. I'm still in the country accent. I'm broken. <laughs> and so... Uh, he suddenly realizes what her husband meant by that, and he's like, are you having something for me, daughter? And she's like, no. He's like, you sure? She's like, yeah. He's like, France, huh? Isn't that where the Duke lived? What's his name? The, the Count. Count. He, the Count. That's your old, your old flame, the Count. And she's like, well, yeah, but, you know, things are just... You know, it's just, just friends. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. You better not be doing anything with that count because that's going to make it really hard for you to divorce that guy. She's like, okay, whatever, Dad. Um, <laughs> she suddenly has no accent. <laughs> I just got tired of it. She still sounds like a girl, I yeah, guess. Yeah. As much as I can. <laughs> um, and so, so she goes off and boards the blue train. Done. Oh, just one. Indeed. That's significant. Yeah. Uh, so they're on the blue train. And uh, Ruth is there, and she sends away her maid. Is that now? I think not yet. Not yet. They're on the blue train. It's current. That's where. That's where they are. Meanwhile, uh, so both, both Ruth and Catherine are on the blue train, 
Correct. They're having a great time together. <laughs> They're sitting together. Probably across the train somewhere is, you guessed it, Poirot. <gasps> he's over there. He's probably reading the paper like, man, this is good. Um, <laughs> like the comics? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, Marmaduke. <laughs> um, uh, so he's over there having a good old time. And so uh, Ruth and Catherine sit across from each other, because I assume that's how trains work. I've only been on one in my life, and I was too little to remember. Oh. Um, and so they're sitting there, and Catherine, being a good girl like she is, she's, she's pretty sweet. She's nice. She's got gray eyes. She's over the hill, but, I mean, <laughs> you can't help it. She's ancient, but she's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like the sweet old lady that gives you butterscotch candy. <laughs> um, she's like, uh, looks like you have something on your mind, dearie. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Let me tell you all about it. So she's like, my husband's cheating on me with a French dancer, and it's really bad, I guess, and I'm sad. <laughs> Uh, gloomily, if that's the word. Um, <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's not good. Uh, and then she's like, uh, my maid, go away. I assume that's now. So she goes uh, back home. She's the dropped maid? off in Paris. Yeah, the maid is. The maid, right? She's dropped off in Paris. Yeah. It's not quite yet. This is after Catherine and Ruth talk. But yeah. Right. Because she's sent talk. away. Close enough. They don't know about uh, you don't know about that at the time. You know about it after. after mm-hmm. Okay. Well, she's sent away. Whatever. <laughs> um, Catherine feels a little uncomfortable, clearly, because she, no one listens to her. She's mm. she's a maid. She's over the hill. Everyone <laughs> ignores the 30-year-old. Um, and so... <laughs> what happens next? Um, Someone dies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Ruth goes back into her cabin... To, to go to sleep, I guess. <laughs> it's probably nighttime. Um, they're, going, they're going on a train from Texas to Paris, apparently. So <laughs> It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Uh, Paris, Texas. Um, and so uh, during that time, she is just brutally murdered. It's, it's rough stuff. I was uncomfortable as Josh was telling me about it. Um, I won't get into the details. She was killed, though. Mm. It was not great. So... Uh, Next thing you know, some people find her. Um, and then Perot's on the train still, clearly. And uh, he's like, I must solve this. Yeah. Uh, and so... Even out of retirement. Even out of retirement. Right. And so he goes, and he starts talking to people. And uh, the maid t- t- tells a secretary, calls the secretary, Right. Yeah. And says to the secretary of Mr. Daddy Texas, Yeah. Uh, Ruth sent me away. That wasn't very nice. <laughs> um, and so the dad's like, Oh my, he, she must have been going to see the count. Count's all bad. I don't like him. <laughs> um, and so he, he tells the police that, I think. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> um, and so... You got the basic setup. On the train, they're doing the mystery. The, the police think it's the Count. Perot's... So, they do some digging on the Count. Turns out the Count has been hustling ladies out of their jewels for years. <laughs> um, and then he's been having affairs, blackmailing them, getting their jewels. It's, he's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Um, not great. Honestly, wouldn't be his friend. <laughs> Probably two out of ten wouldn't be friend. He's rich, so that's why I gave him a two. Oh, okay. Two for because he could pay for stuff. Right. If he paid for stuff. Right. He probably wouldn't. He'd probably be like, oh, I forgot my wallet. Yeah, you got the check. Yeah, he'd definitely be that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And while well, he's carrying around the heart of fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hate the guy who forgets his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot my wallet the other day. When me and Josh went out to eat, he had to pay for me. 
Thanks for Aww. breaking it up. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was rough. <laughs> um, it was all good. And so, yeah, was it just like you know Burger King, or was it like a forty dollar meal? It was chilies. well, you could have gotten a forty dollar meal at Burger King. It what only hurt say? because I, I know had... that Zach's always swindling ladies out of their jewels, and I'm like, <laughs> here I am buying buying your chicken and waffles. I had I had a gift card to the place, mm-hmm. and I was like, ah, I don't even pay for this meal, and I get there, and I'm like. It felt so fake. I'm like, I don't have my wallet. And Josh was like, seriously? I'm like, yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> so Poro is all like, they're all like, oh, he probably did it uh, because he's bad and he's been hustling ladies out of their jewels. Right? And Poro is like, I don't know. He's never killed anybody before. Mm-hmm. Why would he kill this girl so brutally, in mm-hmm. fact? Yeah. It's uncharacteristic. I don't like that theory. That's like an exact line from the book, honestly. Mm-hmm. I read it without you knowing. Yeah, um, I bet. <laughs> and so I roll because I'm clearly finding all the facts. <laughs> um, and so, um, so meanwhile, the French dancer lady uh, goes to the count, who's now being questioned or about to be questioned or whatever, because they both are from France, so they probably know each other. Um, <laughs> It's a small place. Small country. <laughs> so she goes to him and she's all like, listen, um, my, uh, whatever you call a mistress, that's a man. Mistress is what I'm going to call. My mistress. <laughs> uh, he wanted to kill his wife and probably did it. Tell the police that so that they stop uh, heckling you. And so, heckling? <laughs> yeah. He's up on stage and they're like, boom. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so... Like outstand of routine. <laughs> and so he tells them that, and they go to the maid who said that she saw a man inside of her cabin previously who they thought was the Count, and she's all like, oh, it probably could have been her husband, because that seems legit, mm. and I definitely remember the husband's name. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and who was also on the train. It was also yes. on the train, apparently. And the, and the French dancer. And the French dancer. Right, yeah. Hold yeah. me closer, French dancer. Wee, 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 wee. Who was crazy anyway? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that because he was like, he told her, the husband told the French uh, dancer lady, he's like, well, my wife's going to divorce me. That kind of stinks. And she's like, you should kill her. <laughs> and he's like, Whoa. in other words, but yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and so he left. And so she's kind of bitter about him leaving because he was rich. And that was basically, it was like her sugar daddy. Yeah. Um, and so now we're on the train. Everybody thinks it's him. Um, Ruth's still dead. <laughs> and <laughs> That's not changing. And uh, I think that's all you told me. Yeah. I wanted to give him the basic, the setup, but not the ending. Very good. Thank you. And like, unlike big four, that... That's really accurate. Every, everything you said. I'm always amazed at all the things, like the little tiny things that you throw in there that are like really important Just plot the, points. Yeah. <laughs> you have like uh, some sort of telepathy for like the Thank actual you. things. So the first point uh, we'll talk about good. now, uh, critically of the book, is the characters. Um, so Zach t- talked about all of them. That's one thing that I did like about this book is that unlike the big four, just throwaway names, these. Uh, most of the characters are developed pretty well. Yes, And since this book is not a uh, first-person narrative, we get to jump around with all, and be in their heads. Which is nice. Yeah, so I was interested, interested because we usually disagree on characters liking and disliking. Uh, <laughs> who, who did you... Li- what characters did you like from this book? Oh, wow. It, 
the characters were so strong. I mean, the plot was fine. There was nothing wrong with the plot, and it was a satisfying ending <clears throat> for the most part. Mm-hmm. But it really, at least when I read it, it wasn't what was the most important thing. It yeah. was the the interplay between all of the characters and the really personal relationships, which, knowing what you said about how this fell in Christie's life, yeah. you can really tell the difference in style. Even between Ackroyd, which was good, and this, though. This was so personal, and the conversations between people, like, you could go through and list all of them, like, they, they were all so good. Like, um, Daddy Texas. Daddy yeah. Texas. <laughs> and his Who, daughter. I, I forgot to mention, he was most likely wearing a t-shirt. So, what I imagine he's wearing is he's wearing <laughs> a suit shirt, tie, over top of that he has a t-shirt that says, don't mess with Texas, <laughs> and then a suit jacket. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could mm-hmm. be. That could happen. Definitely. <laughs> I'll never get that image out of my mind now. <laughs> So their conversations were really nice. Uh, just any time that you had, because she, she mixed it around so much. She would take, like she yeah. had these pairs of people and she was constantly moving them around like, like chess pieces. And every time a different person was together, there was an interesting interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked, I liked Daddy Texas. I liked Rufus Van Alden a lot. Yeah, he's a good character. I thought that he was really, he was really good. His secretary was fine. Uh, Knighton. Mm-hmm. Knighton. Was his last name Day? That would be awesome. <laughs> Night and day. <laughs> it is now. Nice. Um, how did you feel about Catherine? Uh, she was she was fine. Mm. Um, you know, I, I could I could relate because I'm so old. Right. I think I think actually right. we're the same age. Or I might. I think she was 33 in the book. I think I'm 34. Uh, oh, okay. so you like, think? Oh, I know. <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. It, sure. Sure. We'll we'll go with yeah. that. It's fine. Or 43. I get them mixed up. They're backwards. So I I did like her. Yeah. Well, I, I completely, uh, complete, I completely I complete. agree with what you said about the characters. Because as I was reading this book, I always forget about the plot. And it makes sense that the plot is a big version of a short story she had already written that we haven't read yet because it hasn't uh, been put into a book yet, but it was in a magazine called The Plymouth okay. Express <clears throat> or something oh, yeah. like that. Okay, yeah. And it's the same plot minus the Catherine subplot. Uh, it's the husband and wife and the heart of fire or an- another diamond, and it's the same solution. Okay. Um, so the plot, the plot could fit into uh, a short story. Mm-hmm. It, it works, I think, the plot works even better in the short story. But like you said, the characters and their dynamics is what uh, you can tell that that is how she's matured that she she knew how to write characters now yeah but there and it reminded me of when you read something by leo tolstoy that it always goes on for thousands of pages uh-huh. yes but yeah <laughs> we but, understand what that's yeah like. i know you haven't but this is what it reminded <laughs> me of he that's one thing he does great is he has all these characters that are so different and so mm-hmm. strong and you get to jump from their heads mm-hmm. and then they'll interact with each other mm-hmm. and the whole first half of this book where the murder hasn't even happened yet but everybody oh, yeah. is is uh has all these reasons and their the characters are all at each other's throats for these reasons yeah it felt a lot like Anna Karenina and books like that because uh-huh. of how deep her characters were deeper than anybody ever gives her credit for even in what she calls her worst book yeah I, it's just I'm sad that she couldn't have liked it because mm-hmm. it was so good because yeah you don't even get oh my goodness it's chapter 10 that you get to the blue train and Poirot. Chapter 10. Yeah, before there's even... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't feel like any of that time was wasted. I enjoyed almost that part yeah. more. Because, oh, the the people in France who are Catherine's... Um, 
extended family. Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't. Who are like the reason that. that she goes to? It's kind of the whole reason that she ends up on the train and part of the they industry about. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a really cool family. A uh, lady, Tamplin. Yeah, oh, that's a weird word. Um, but I guess this might be skipping ahead. But um, the Poirot Vision? No, Television. The what? <laughs> I got distracted. The Poirot oh. TV version oh, yeah, of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, because Lennox, the daughter, is such a small part in this, and she was a much bigger part in the movie, and I love her. Mm. I love her character. I love the woman who played her. Yeah, was, she, like, bit that guy. She did. She, there yeah. was a, an attacker comes in at night and tries to kill Catherine, which Ooh. does not happen in the book. Um, and so Lennox, like, she has this, like, huge blonde hair, like, all these curls that just won't go anywhere, and she's like, doesn't wear any makeup, but she, she just, like, has this natural glow and she's just she's nuts and so this guy comes in in the middle of the night and like starts stabbing Catherine's pillow she jumps out of bed and goes no and goes flying across the room jumps on his back is choking him and like bites him in the ear wow she's so great so you don't get that in the book but her character still is nuts like that. yes yes yeah, I forgot about uh, that family because they hear that Catherine inherited this money and Lady Tamplin's like, oh, we need to get some of that. And so they write her a, like a letter like, oh, you should come and visit. And Ka- I like that Catherine is so nice, but she always knows when people are trying to take advantage of her. Yeah. she She's insightful, but she still plays the part of the nice person. And Poirot says that. He's like, you are the observer. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to hear what you thought of the victim because she's the last person to see her. Yeah, she was strong and silent. <laughs> yeah, like you said, even the hateable, hateable but relatable, even the the terrible characters, like the the dancer. Oh, yeah. I don't she's even a, know if I can relate to her. She was just <laughs> awful, genuinely awful. Awful person, but a strong character. Yeah. yeah, and like logically motivated. She wasn't just horrible for the sake of being horrible. She mm-hmm. had reasons. And I guess somewhere in the back of your mind you could identify her with someone yeah (laughs) um so the next point uh which we've already kind of canceled out but we can talk about it oh sorry it no 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 uh is it the worst christy absolutely not yeah i I don't know that's a bad christy no it's not a bad christy i mean like you said plot subpar but the writing is not Mm -hmm. so i guess like we said the reason she thought that was because of her life not because of the book itself yeah and, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I want to talk about this I didn't talk about it earlier. <clears throat> she had a, a big problem with writing for money because she loved to write, but there were certain books she always said, I wrote that book just because mm-hmm. it was time to write a book, and she didn't like those. And so that's, it left a bad taste. Yeah, that's what she felt about this one. And this book was what inspired her. She wrote a letter that she said, I don't ever want to have that happen again where I can't get a book out and uh, it's terrible, so I'm giving you this manuscript to lock up and have it just in case that happens. And I think that was a book that was published near her death or after her death. No way. So her you know spare? which one that is? <gasps> no, I can't Okay, wait. so this isn't <laughs> the one, but Curtain is the last Poirot book. Yes. And she wanted to make sure that if she died during the war, uh, she still would be able to conclude the Poirot series, or if something happened to her, it still would have an ending, even if she couldn't write it. So she put Curtain in a, in a vault or whatever. She locked it away, the Disney vault. Is what Curtin was, waiting to be restored 20 years later with a 3D and some bonus deleted songs. For a limited time. For a limited time only. <laughs> but this, what book did she send away and say, I need that just in case? I have no idea. It's a, it's a book that they published late, but it had the quality of a, of a middle Christie. Oh. You know it? Death on the Nile. Sleeping Murder. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which makes sense when you read it. It's the very last Marple book, but it doesn't feel like... 
how she wrote when she was and older. It was sleeping. Mm-hmm. It was sleeping. It was waiting. That's what I. I don't. They. I think they said they weren't a hundred percent sure that was, but they knew that was the book that she put away. So that wow. What she didn't put anything else away. That's awesome. Well, wouldn't it be great if there's a, a Christie manuscript somewhere that they haven't found yet, and it's a full novel? <laughs> that would be great. I would lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. It. I mean, given that so much of her stuff is public already, mm-hmm. um, it would be really unusual. But right. knowing her, I mean, she could have like stashed it away somewhere with like. Uh, clues to how to find it <laughs> yep okay uh the next point we wanted to talk about was uh lines that we liked mm-hmm. you want me to start you yeah go, start? Ahead. go okay. ahead okay here's so i a, have to find mine uh there was some really good dialogue in this one like we talked about uh 60 page 63 um poirot is talking to Catherine. they had really good interchanges he said you may get more than you bargained for because she liked to read uh uh what was the book what do they call the books that she liked to read roman uh roman I don't know. It was a weird word. Rome. It looks like Roman policier, but I don't think that's what it is. Is that like <laughs> romantic police book? I don't know what that means, honestly. Well, if you're a smart person listening to Don't Drink the Tea, send in the comments, tell us what that is. <laughs> anyway, Catherine says, is that a prophecy? Smiling as she rose from the table. And Poirot said, I never prophesy. It is true that I have the habit of being always right, but I do not boast of it. Yep. Which is a <laughs> bold-faced lie. When we get to page 100. This was my favorite line of the whole book, I think. Uh, I can find it. I didn't say where it was. Oh no, dead air, dead air, dead air. Here it is. Okay. Um, this this is right after the murder. They say, I take it, Mr. Poirot, that you no longer exercise your profession because he's retired. He says, that is so. I enjoy the world. And he said, yet you're assisting the police in this affair. And Poirot says, Monsieur, if a doctor walks along the street and an accident happened, does he say, I've retired from my profession. I will continue my walk when there is someone bleeding to death at his feet. <laughs> If I had already been to my destination and the police had sent to me and asked me to assist them, I should have refused. But this affair, the good God thrust upon me. Mm-hmm. And the very last line that was just funny to me, not a well-written line, well, I guess it was well-written, but it was a funny line to me. He was talking to the jewel dealers at the end who were, like, pulled into the, uh... Oh, yeah, the, the guy and his daughter? Yeah, and he said, uh, I am Hercule Poirot. And they said, yeah. And they, he, they was like, you don't know that name? They said, I never heard it. And he said, permit me to say that you have been badly educated. <laughs> <laughs> so those were my favorite lines. The, that was good. That was good. I liked that. I don't even know if this was, I don't think this was, yeah, this wasn't dialogue. This was just in description. They were talking about Catherine and her personality. And they said, snake charmers, they say, are born, not made. Catherine Gray was born with the power of managing old ladies, dogs, and small boys. And she did it without any apparent sense of strain. <laughs> I think we all know someone like that. Yeah, yeah, just really good with people. It's like, how do you handle those Zach? difficult people? What? <laughs> Zach is our Catherine. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you've ever seen me with a small boy, it's... <laughs> a small boy? Is that what it said? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was just uh, funny hearing you say it. <laughs> Go away. Instead of a child. Right. It's like it's like trying to watch me make small talk with a yeah. small boy. It's rough. It's rough. It is. But like, you try. Hi. I'm like, hello. Oh, why you find that one? I love the chapter title out of context. The chapter title was Poirot Plays the Squirrel. Yes. That was a whole good segment that he talks about. He's like, sometimes I've been the cat. Sometimes I've been the dog, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. I think, in Ackroyd. He's like, and also sometimes I'm a squirrel. <laughs> Fair enough. Which was very good. And the one thing that he said, um, he was talking to Lennox, 
And she didn't have any patience. She wanted something to happen. And he's like, you are young, mademoiselle. But there are three things that cannot be hurried. Uh, the good God, nature, and old people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was good. And one, at one point he said, oh, he's like, I've been accused of being an oyster because I never give anything away. Uh, but no, I will not be a human oyster. I will lay my cards on the table, which is assuredly a thing that oysters never do. It's <laughs> good. Yeah, it never, it didn't feel like it was rushed. I could see where if you read it knowing that she was sad, that there, yeah. it was some sad, not her saddest book, though. No, no, I don't no think. way. No way. She might have wrote sadder yeah. when she was happy. Maybe. I feel like it's easier to pull off when you, um, but yeah, definitely not the worst. So the, we've already reviewed it basically yeah um rating uh three and a half stars that's the, exactly what i was thinking characters. <laughs> so i guess we would put i would put it below styles and before poirot investigates so that would make it not as good as acroid adversary chimneys and styles but better than poirot investigates man in the brown suit murder on the links and the big four yeah agree right in the middle great yep. I love it when we agree. Um, <laughs> it happens more often than I expected. Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we move on is the two things that are references to future works. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Did you get both of them? <laughs> um, St. Mary Mead. Yeah, which is Miss Marple's Village. And we haven't even got into Miss Marple yet, which is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I know there was another one. I'm drawing a complete blank. Mr. Gobi, or Greedo, as Zach calls him, <laughs> yes, is a main character of a later Poirot book, After the Funeral. See, I did not realize that. And he's like, nothing like, I don't feel, I don't remember him being like that. I don't remember at all. He was a really fun, the way that she wrote him, that, that he would never make eye contact yeah. with who he was talking to. And she, she wove that really well into the description of his conversation with right. Daddy Texas. Yeah, yeah he'd, it would be like he'd say something and he said it to the clock or mm-hmm. it was really subtly weaved in there. Yeah, or and like staring, staring um, something, something at the radiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always the objects around the room instead of the person he was talking to because he was shifty. Yeah. And I feel like he's a lawyer in After the Funeral. Like he's the guy that... I can't remember. Well, I, I was Wilson. really surprised that he was... Where's After the Funeral at? I got my list. da 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 Dead air. Dead air. Checking the list. It's dead air. Dead air. Dead air. I will never. It's number sixty three. Oh, so that's wow. ways away. Can you imagine, like, even remembering that you had a character back that far? Maybe it's just a, just the same name. But the <laughs> Wikipedia article acted like it was the same person mm-hmm. when I did my research. So on Christy Wikipedia. was like, yeah. <laughs> Christy was like, I really miss Mister. What do you Greedo. 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 Which Greedo. Is, is the name of the guy that Han Solo shoots, shoots in, in New Hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so that's oh, all I got to say about that. Yeah, I would recommend it to someone. I would too. To read. Our next book, I don't say that to the end of the episode. We have a game to do. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I made this game, and I feel like I'm going to disappoint everybody. Because my games, I don't ever like my games. I'm never proud of them. But this one I had fun making. I'm proud of your games. Aw. Thanks, Zach. You're welcome. Okay. So, I was. this book is very uh, international, the same as Big Four. They mm-hmm. jump around, and there's a lot of people with different nationalities. Uh, so, I wondered, what is the international title of Mystery of the Blue Train? Uh, like, the titles in different languages. Okay. Because when you translate them back, often they're different. 
every country that this book is published in, it's like Mystery of the Blue Train or Murder on the Blue Train. It was really, really boring. But oh. that got me down the, the rabbit hole of looking at all of the other books, and some of them are pretty dang crazy. Oh, this is going to be huh. fun. So, it is a two-part <laughs> game. I'm going to list four titles, and only one of them is a Christie translated title. Oh. Zach has to find out which one it is. Okay. Then Charlotte, once we've determined which one it is, has to find out which Christie book that is a title of. Oh, wow. Okay. This must be harder than it sounds. Some of them, yes. Some of them <laughs> make sense, and some of them I can't, I can't find the connection to. I'm so excited. That's really clever. Thank you. Good Thank for you, you. Okay, so, and there are different categories to these. I don't have many. Um, one of the big things uh, in America and England, all the books have to have murder in the title or mystery in the title for them to sell well. Mm-hmm. But in other countries, it's the characters that they want to know about. So oh, that's interesting. the book, instead of called Sleeping Murder, it was called Goodbye, Miss Marple. And uh, they always want to state who the character is so people will buy it. Huh. So some of them, I though, would probably be more drawn to that. Yeah, than so to s- some of them. Yeah, I feel like putting murder in the title is lazy. Yeah, because yeah. okay. sometimes she didn't do it, and then the uh, the title will be uh, like they do it with mirrors is her title, and then America changes to murder with mirrors. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. No, you don't have any. Oh, I thought I had a buggy. <laughs> no, I my nose is on the buggy. All right. <laughs> So oh, our first category is statements about Poirot that don't even sound like titles. Are you ready, Zach? Yeah. And one of these is a true Christie book. Is it is a title of the book? Yes. Okay. The rest of them I made up. Gotcha. <laughs> Poirot gets a haircut. <laughs> Poirot at the young people's party. Gotcha. <laughs> Poirot hires a lady. <laughs> Poirot miscalculates the distance between his bed and his dresser. <laughs> I'm gonna Can't go you with, imagine how that how that went for him? I'm gonna oh. go with pro. Was it with the young people party? At the young people's party. Yeah, you are that. correct. Yep. Is it? Oh, wait, I can't guess what it is. As uh, Charlotte. It's Halloween party. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Very good. Yes. Yeah. Good that job, was the Zach. easy one. Great. I, I really want you to make a a fanfic book. Poro miscalculates yeah. the distance between his bed and his dresser. It was uh, my bullshit. <laughs> It was my greatest failure. He goes to put his glass on his dresser. It tips over, breaks. Mon ami! Hastings, get in here. Yes. Okay. Uh, Poirot gets a haircut for a minute. I thought, my, I was like, wait, no, that happened. No, he went to the dentist. Yeah, so uh, that you, was the all, trick. You yep. did good. Okay. Did good. I'm hoping that the rest of them aren't that easy. Gotcha. This one are ones that sound like really dramatic. They're, okay. they're too dramatic for their own good. All right? I'm so ready. Deadly ambition. Ooh. Lethal passion. Wow. Fatal beckonings. <laughs> chunky soup. <laughs> I'm gonna immediately cross out chunky soup. Okay. Um, <laughs> He's so offended. Weird. What about oh. Poir- Poirot miscalculates the distance when he's been his dresser and he drops his chunky, chunky soup. soup? Well, then we've already gone over that book. This is the sequel. These are all clues. <laughs> trying to clean it up. This is the sequel. And then Poirot, I forgot to move my dresser closer. Poirot hires a lady to clean up the soup. <laughs> Okay, so you want to hear him again? Yeah. Deadly ambition, lethal passion, fatal beckonings, chunky soup. You didn't have to say that one. Oh, this I'm gonna is so go hard. With, I'm going to go with fatal beckonings. Okay, that is wrong. Oh, okay. Do you want to try to see what the, the real one is? One more time, give it to me one more time. These are hard. Deadly, the ones that are left over is deadly ambition, lethal passion, chunky soup. Oh, it's going to be chunky soup, isn't it? <laughs> There's no you way. You don't know what the chunks are. What was the, what was the first one? Deadly ambition. 
Deadly Ambition. I say that one. The answer is Lethal Passion. Oh, oh darn. Doesn't that sound like a romance? Like lethal, some lethal crazy? Passion? Yeah. Oh, right. And can like you guess what like book really it is? Guy named Julio on the this cover? is a super hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is a super hard one. Lethal I'll, I'll put that down. Passions. Lethal Passions. All I can think of is Endless Night, but that's probably mm. not. That it. one was. Uh, I have that. I had that one. It was like the day and the night or something. Okay. Like that. This one was Murder Is Easy. Lethal Passion. Murder is easy. Oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah Your but that's Your face had, like, disgust up. on it. Yeah. I was, I was thinking like, about... Ew. I haven't read that one. Oh, you haven't read it? I have not read it. I okay. saw the the, the Marple, oh, yeah. and it was awful. It's nothing like that. I thought it couldn't possibly be, so I just got a bad taste in my yeah, mouth. Because it's a, it's a double meaning because murder is easy, lethal passion, but also because the motive of the killer is love, and it goes out of, out of control. Okay. Okay. Was it, was it a crime of passion? <laughs> yeah, and it but it's like a psycho passion. Got right. it. It'll be. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. He can't wait. This uh, section is line is well. These are also dramatic titles. This is another one of dramatic titles. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, a deadly silence. He never found a stamp. <laughs> Shadow's hand. Murder in her eyes. Now, um, I put the silly one, not at the end this time, so to try to get him to guess it. That's pretty, yeah, I mean, it was the first thing in my mind was, what was it? You can't find a stamp. He never found a stamp. He never found a stamp. That's what they said when they found the body, because he, like, pricked his finger on it. Oh, I'm spoiling the book, but <laughs> he pricks his finger, like, on the envelope cutter while he's, like, trying to grab a stamp, and he dies. But the, the end of the envelope cutter had poison on the tip. Oh. How did they know he was going to try to look for a stamp, like, from under his desk? It, um... Well, he was really short. <laughs> he had a tall desk. I love that there's fanfic books out of every category. Um, go over the... Deadly include silence. all but the stamp one. Never found a stamp. Shadow's hand and murder in her eyes. Shadow's hand. That's correct. Yeah. And that book is? The Moving Finger. Yeah. Yes! Good job. <laughs> Again! Okay. This next category is lines that sound like they're Shakespeare, but they're not. <clears throat> As book titles? Yes. Wow, you really put a lot of work Because Christy did a lot of Shakespeare titles, but that wouldn't work in translation. Yeah. No wonder you don't do games very often, because you're like, you take, go you go so <laughs> intense. I'm okay. just like, eat this bag of nasty <laughs> shrimp crackers and die. You ready? Oh, gosh. Not take again. <laughs> you ready, Zach? Never again. Yeah. <laughs> they sound like Shakespeare lines, but they're not. I love that. Taken by the storm. End of human foolishness. The night never ends. Hey, Romeo, don't you think we should at least wait till we're old enough to rent a car? <laughs> Are they like 12 in Romeo and Juliet? really young. Yeah. I don't love to rent a car. 14. That's for sure. 14 or 15. 14. Yeah. 14 or 15. Early teens. Man. Yeah, be 25. Like, to chill rent out. A car. Chill out. At yeah, I can't even do it. Wow. <laughs> like, like, like you're I can. So much older than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm so mad I can't, is the problem. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, you want to hear me again? Yeah, yeah. Minus that one. Taken by the storm, end of human foolishness, the night never ends, and Romeo. Taken by the storm. Incorrect. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I was going based off of what order you've put them in before. No, I didn't. And what I would assume that you were trying to mix it up in the order. No, I don't, I don't put that much thought into it. The answer what? is <laughs> end of human foolishness. Can you guess what that sound that is? End of human foolishness. Which sounds completely out of whack until you realize what book it is. End of human foolishness. Oh, Death Comes as the End? No, good one, though. Dang it. Dead Man's Folly. Oh, okay, that works. Which is a play yeah. on words, that folly. That makes total and, sense, and yeah. in translation. Yes. Yes, that makes Cause total sense. Because that's not what oh. it means in, here, but that's what it means there. 
Um, the last one is <clears throat> things that I've been told at an Olive Garden. <laughs> what? No more breadsticks. <laughs> uh, table for two. Exit stage left. Don't come back. <laughs> Sir, we can't give you any more soup. It's against regulation. I'm sorry. Don't come back. <laughs> Don't come back. Things I have heard in an Olive Garden. Uh, you want to hear them again? I just dropped my notebook. One I, of them, which is actually a real one, is please don't throw up in the bread basket. Ooh, you didn't hear that. That, that, that was, was your... my older brother. <laughs> Sorry to call him out on that. Table for two. Exit stage left. Don't come back. Sir, we can't give you any more soup. It's against regulation. I'm sorry. <laughs> I believe... I, I, I love I don't, soup. I think if you were to say exit stage left, that's probably something our granddad would have said. They're like, exit stage left! Right, like our dad's or granddad. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's the first one. Table for two? Yeah. Aww. I'm sorry. It's okay. It was, don't come back. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> things I've heard at many places. And can you guess what book that is? Don't come back? This one's super hard. I'll, it, I would have um, never guessed that. Um, towards zero. Murder in Mesopotamia. Don't come back? I don't know why. Wow. And that is my game. Yay! Wow. That was a good game. There, if you ever are really, really bored, and <laughs> I'll never be that bored. Yeah, if you want to go on Wikipedia, some of them had very f- funny titles uh, that I just didn't get to use, and some of them are really, really cool. That is a great idea, though. That was super fun. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad you enjoyed. <laughs> so who won? I didn't keep track. I feel <laughs> like I feel like uh, Did we tie? you both got a, a bunch of them right. Yeah. I'm sorry, I forgot about that part. That's okay. Uh, edit yourself back in later, saying the winner. Seven <laughs> against... Well, we know I lost. I think... Because um, that's just the way this clearly. The, the, way the podcast works. I think the listeners works. were the winners. You guys won. I hope you gave a few chuckles. I think chuckles. we tied, because the two that you got right were the two that I guessed correctly. So I, there was none... I can check the, the records. <laughs> Zach, it's so important. Zach got... Um, First one? Poirot at, young, Poirot at the Young People's Party mm-hmm. and Shadow's Hand right, and that was two. Mm-hmm. And you got Halloween Party and Moving Finger, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't get that one right. You didn't get that. So, yeah, you guys tied. Okay, oh, nice. Yep. All right. Very good. good you job. both got two. <laughs> I accept that. Yes. I wish I had a uh, tiebreaker, but I don't. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were a team on that one. Yeah, you worked together. We were. Yep. I wanted you both to have a unique experience. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so that was uh, Mystery of the Blue Train. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. The next book that we shall be reading is the Seven Dials mystery, oh, which okay. is the sequel to an earlier episode, The Secret of Chimneys. Chimneys. Yes. Uh, so my book is out on leave. <laughs> what? Someone borrowed my copy is what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, yeah, so you're going to get it back? I'm going to see what I'm going to do about that. <laughs> see what I'm going to do about that. So please give us a comment. Tell us what you thought about the episode. Maybe what you thought about the book. I know that there are people who read the books and then listen yeah. to the episodes. And you guys mm-hmm. are, the, are the MVPs. And you guys that don't know anything about Agatha Christie and still listen are the MVPs. You are all the MVPs. All of you. All of you. <laughs> um, and we're so sorry for all of Zach's bad language. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. Maybe I can edit I myself at the beginning. <laughs> Clean it up a little bit. Ex- wow. Uh, it's explicit at the beginning. Like, this, the following episode is offensive to many people. <laughs> also, uh, if you're listening to this, I don't know when it's going to be airing. 
But uh, watch out for a very special bonus episode coming up. Oh, Maybe it's already yeah. aired, and if you don't normally listen to bonus episodes, go back and listen to it because it, it'll be it'll be mighty worth it. And that's a good point. Some people skip the bonus episodes, and then some people will only listen to the bonus. We're episodes. skipping the bonus. <laughs> oh, somebody's skipping the bonus episode. I, uh, no, I'm just talking. I, I don't know. I don't have names. <laughs> Who are you? I don't have names. But like <laughs> when you see the the views, yes. Like yes. some of them do people. Some of them do people. Some of them people yes. don't. <laughs> Indeed. There's Don't a gas leak thing. in here. Uh... <laughs> Some people, not as many people are watching the bonus episodes as they yes. watch but the Yes, but the, the next, the, well, the, whether it's been posted before. And it'll probably this, be, I think it'll be. Uh, continuity, continuity. Since you're saying it, I'll just air it after. It'll be the next okay. one. Well, whatever. I don't care. It'll be after this one. It's special. Whatever it's, it is, it's, it's very special. special. Uh, I'm pretty sure I suffer greatly, so you'll probably enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll figure out what's happening when you listen to it. Don't skip it. Which is me suffering no, greatly. No, definitely not. Um, it should have a great title. It won't be the end of human foolishness, that's for sure. It'll be <laughs> it the, might be. It'll be the start of human suffering. Poirot <laughs> at the young people's party. So thank you for uh, listening. Uh, I'm going to try to go to Olive Garden and see if they'll let me back in. <laughs> no soup for you. Don't come back!